Episode 218. Bonus edition, Interview with Nita Creekmore. I'm Stephanie Howe, co-host of Get Inspired and Innovate, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Welcome to the Always a Lesson summer interview series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Hey y'all, I'm excited for today's interview because this is a friend of mine and it's so fun to get on and talk shop and just really love the person and the mission behind the person that you're talking to. So I can't wait to just dive into the conversation. But before I do that, I always like to give you a little background so that you have a better idea of why I would choose this person to to come on the show and share their expertise with you. So Nita is a wife and a mom to four kids. She's been in education for 16 years in the classroom for 13 as an elementary school teacher. She taught four years in first grade, seven years in second grade, as she says, a little in third grade, and two years in fifth grade. But the bulk of her teaching career was in the state of Virginia, and then the rest in Georgia, where she is now living. Her 13 years of being in the classroom has taught her a lot about authentic teaching, being a lifelong learner, and the importance of hands-on learning. She is now an elementary instructional coach and supports teachers in grades pre-K through fifth grade. Well, hey, Nita, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for asking me, Gretchen. I love it. Of course, we've collaborated on multiple projects. So it was time to just have you on to share your story. I know people listening are eager to learn from you and what you consider to be your niche of expertise in education. So I'm going to just jump right in if you don't mind. Sure, let's go. So let's walk back and kind of explain how do our two paths cross? I love it. So we met through, well, we I think we followed each other before we met officially through Nicole uh-huh. um, at Simply Coaching and Teaching. Um, but that's how we kind of, our paths really, really crossed was went through Nicole Turner at Simply Coaching and Teaching. And um, we started collaborating and it's been awesome. I'm so excited. I know. And it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned her because I was just talking to her about this upcoming TPT conference and if it's still going to happen with everything going on with the virus and 
I was like, oh, I wish they would just do the sessions virtually. And she said, you know, the most I ever learned was just connecting with people. And I think she's right about, you know, being an educator, the best professional development is learning from each other and, and watching other people do their thing and asking them questions. So I 100% agree that my own professional learning network has grown just from meeting one person who introduces you to a couple more. And then before you know it, you have all these people to call on and to shoot ideas off of and then to just work with. We've been doing the summit with Nicole for a few years mm -hmm. and it's just been so nice to you know, learn from someone who's passionate about something else, but it brings so much value to the space. So um, I've just really enjoyed, you know, working with you. I, and, and also like coaching can be such a, um, an isolating position. Mm -hmm. And so I think with us doing our collaboration and our group chat and just talking and um, kind of like just building off of each other, learning from each other, has been amazing. And so like, that's the great thing about education, right? And is that is the connections that we have and that we can grow and learn from each other. Absolutely. Now you just brought up being a coach. So tell us what is your current position in the field, but then also walk us backwards. so We know how you got there. Okay, great. Yeah, right. I'm currently a pre-K to fifth grade instructional coach. Um, elementary is instructional coach. I am the only one at my school. Um, and so I've been doing that for, for three years. Before that, I spent 13 years um, in the classroom, elementary ed. Um, I spent a couple of years, few years in first grade, second, and um, a little in third and fifth grade. And so um, those are the years that I spent just being a homeroom teacher, classroom teacher in the trenches was for 13 years. And I think that those 13 years have really helped me in my coaching um, and the span too. So I did elementary and the blessing is when I moved to Georgia, cause I'm originally from Virginia. Um, when I moved to Georgia in 2013, I became a fifth grade teacher. teacher. So I went from a second grade classroom to a fifth grade teacher yeah. learning Georgia standards and um, also um, on a standardized grade, standardized testing grade. So it was, it was a lot of pressure coming from another state and learning all new standards all new grade level. Um, and, but I did it. And I think it just has helped me to just um, be the educator that I am now. So that's, that's where I was. So I became a coach three years ago and that's what I'm doing right now. That's awesome. And I'm glad that you brought up mm -hmm. elementary because I think folks think elementary is all the same and you can easily teach any, you know, grade and it's not, it's really K2 mm -hmm. is its own beast. Three, five is its own beast. And going yes. back between the two is really hard because three, five is like, it is go time. We have this test. Like we don't mess around because we can't mess around. <laughs> and like you said, yes. transitioning with standards, like I can't even imagine. Um, so yes, teachers are definitely facing the uphill battle of learning to teach new content, but also being in that stressful environment. And, and that is just, is commendable for teachers that can change grade levels. And a hundred percent. And it, and that's just what I tell um, my administration at my school and just every educator I talk to. When you change grade levels like that, for you are a new teacher. And I and I, you have the foundation of you know classroom management and all those things, but you essentially are a brand new teacher. And so it's it's crazy because when I came from second to fifth, it was very stressful initially because I had to learn new standards, learn the kids. 
and also be able to manage fifth graders. And it's different from managing second graders. So I always say that you're just like a brand new teacher again. So if you do a lot of switching for administrators, do a lot of switching amongst grade levels in your school, you're, you're, you're producing a lot of brand new teachers that are going to need support. Yeah, I think that's an excellent mm-hmm. point. In your role as coaching, mm-hmm. especially because you're going down, what did you say? Pre-K is the lowest grade? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's wow. That's also very different. Um, we didn't have ours connected to our building, so that's pretty amazing. But if you were to look at your role as a coach versus being a teacher, what would you say is the best lesson you learned from being able to support teachers in that way? Um, the greatest lesson that I learned is just building those relationships. And I, and I don't mean to sound cliche, but it is really the foundation of coaching pre-K to 12th grade. Um, it's really hard to coach someone or have someone want to be coached and the relationship's not there. So I really would just suggest to, um, just the lesson that I've learned is just relationships are everything. Um, and that one word or one negative conversation can break down that relationship. So it's really important to be very cognizant of your conversation, your coaching conversation, your, and this could be really not just for coaching, but really even for teachers, educators, right? And any relationship that you have, um, you know, you have to be very, very careful in how you talk and how you coach and how you relay information to people. So I really think that just building those relationships are everything. And that's been my greatest lesson in the role that I'm in, but also just in teaching, you know, I mean, it just, it really is a foundation. Oh my gosh. I have to admit that I always thought to be a great teacher or a great coach, you had to know things And so I was Mm -hmm. all about reading all the books about how to teach, reading all the books about how to coach, like learning from all the gurus. But like you said, Mm -hmm. it's so much more foundational about being a person that is approachable, that can relate to other people, Mm -hmm. that knows how to encourage other people. Mm -hmm. Because if you cannot create conversation in a sense of safety, then you'll never even get to implement any of the strategies you know how to use. And so I had to learn and unlearn okay, all the tactical stuff and say, okay, just be a person first and get really good at being a person with these people. And then you can put into practice everything you've learned. And who knew it was so much simpler than I was making it? Right. 110%. I mean, I really, um, agree with everything you're saying, because if you don't build those relationships, no one's going to want to hear about the strategies, your reading strategies that you think is going to be awesome in their classroom. Mm -hmm. You haven't built the relationship yet. Right. And then building those relationships is also getting to know the the teachers in your building. Everyone's different. It's almost like having a a huge classroom. Right. And you have to know your students and the way that they teach and how they run their classroom. And so that's been the greatest lesson for me is just building the relationships, getting to know the teachers that I work with, um, getting to know my administration, you know, and um, how they run things. And so that's definitely foundational in the work that I do. You were just talking about, you know, teachers having different skill sets and different personalities, but I'm sure that you've noticed in your work that there is some sort of trend among teachers that makes them great. What characteristics have you noticed that you could nail down? Like, yes, that person is going to be a great teacher because they have blank what would it be um 
So definitely the building relationships piece that I talked about, making sure they have those relationships with their kids. Kids, And you can tell. I can tell when you when I walk into a classroom, the culture of the classroom, um, the relationship piece in the classroom um, that makes that teacher great. Also, just being a lifelong learner, right? The teachers that are there for it. You know, I'm here for all the new learning. I'm here to try things out. I'm here to you know, change my, change something up in my game that I'm doing that's going to help kids, right? So being that lifelong learner and, um, and not always being a lifelong learner just because it's mandatory or it's been told to do by an administrator, right? The great educators are the ones that are seeking out the learning that they want, right? The ones that, the teachers that I, that I'll say, Hey, here's some PD. And they're like, well, actually I'm doing this PD because I want to learn more about this. So I'm like, great, great. That's awesome. You know, so the lifelong learners. And then I would also say that um, the educators that allow their students to be seen in their classroom. And I know that's a blanket statement, but when you allow all your students to be seen in your classroom and your content um, and you're, and you really try to, um, include and be very inclusive in your classroom I can tell that too when I come into a classroom of a really great educator so those are all things definitely building those relationships definitely being a lifelong learner and allowing all your students to be seen in your classroom and in in your content you're giving some really great advice I actually want to push and hone in on a specific subset of teachers to give some advice to We've got a variety of people listening. Some are new. Some are transitioning in education to a different role. Some are in distress. Maybe they're losing their job. And then we've got teacher leaders like you and I. So if you were to pick one of those groups to give a specialized piece of advice to, who would you pick and what would you tell them? Um, Right now, I'm going to pick the teachers in distress because I feel like all of us right now are in that boat. Um, And so... The biggest advice I would give to teachers in distress, educators in distress, would be give yourself grace. Um, Right now, we are all in uncharted territory, from our district leaders all the way to our paraprofessionals in our schools. We are all in uncharted territory. So giving yourself grace um, and not allowing yourself to compare yourself to somebody else right now um, it's going to be huge. Um, I think that we're just all doing the best we can. So a tip that I would say would just be communicate with your students, still try to build those relationships and continue building those relationships and sustaining those relationships right now, because our kids need us and the families need us and we need each other. So just building those relationships, calling your parents and saying, you know, is everything going okay? Not necessarily pushing, uh, um, in my opinion, the academic piece, because right now some school districts, some schools, some classrooms are inequitable when it comes to um, having, you know, digital devices. Mm -hmm. Right. So, I mean, just communicate with your students and their families to see what's going on, especially if the kids are not responding to, let's say, your your digital learning or whatever. Right. and just know that we're constantly doing what's best for students. So regardless of what your best is, and I just feel like, you know, right now is not the time for the comparison trap. Right now is not the time, you know, to, I don't know, put your self-care on the back burner. I just think it's right now is just giving yourself grace, giving your students grace, giving your families grace. Um, it's just uncharted territory right now. 
and just knowing that everyone's doing the best that we can. Yeah, you're speaking right to me in my mirror in my bathroom. I wrote grace because <laughs> I I struggled before all this coronavirus stuff happened because in your head, you think you're going to be super everything. You're going to be a great mom. You're going to be a great wife. You're going to be a great educator, all, whatever the other titles you have. And it turns out you can't be mm-hmm. great at everything at the same time. And that for me is really frustrating, especially if in my head, I know how I want my day to go. I have all these great activities planned and then things fall apart. And it's like, I'm so tough on myself and I have to remind myself, it's not the end of the world. It's going to be okay. You didn't like ruin all these human beings because something's imperfect. Like take a breath, take a step back. It's okay. Just show up and try and do better tomorrow and be nicer right. to yourself and stop this. Yes. Like, why, why are you being your own administrator? Like observing yourself yeah. and marking yourself down. Like, this is horrible. It, stop it. Oh, it is so funny. So I was reaching out to one of my um, teachers yesterday and I was like, oh my God, I have to get this done, blah, blah, blah. And so I said, so then I started laughing. She was like, just don't stress. Like she's ended up coaching me <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, just don't stress. And I was like, no, this isn't stress from anybody else but my own self. Yes. Like, this is stuff, something that I'm, I'm doing to myself. Like, I have my own little checklist. And yes. if I don't meet that deadline, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm not doing it. My administrator's not doing this. It's not. It, this is internal. I said, oh, this is just me internally stressing myself out. It's horrible. And we have to just give ourselves grace. It's yep. okay. Close the computer. We Be there with your family. Yes. Be present. And so um, – that's been my word since it started. It's just grace yeah. for everybody. That's truly. amazing. Hey, y'all, I just want to take a quick second to let you know support for this episode is brought to you by PowerSchool. They know teachers go above and beyond for students, but teachers need help too, especially as they're asked to do more every day. And that's why PowerSchool, now with Schoology, combines SIS, LMS, and assessment technology empowering teachers with more time for what really matters. Visit www.powerschool.com slash time for teachers to find out how teachers are using technology to unlock student success. PowerSchool, time for teachers. You've done a really Mm -hmm. great job pouring into us. So where do you go to get poured into? Do you have a mentor that you seek out? Do you read books? Where, Where do you go to just fill yourself up? Okay. So you, so mentor, I have many of these Okay, okay for different aspects of so different buckets. <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, so for like leadership, um, definitely I've learned so much from my admin. Um, and so I definitely pour into that bucket as far as just leading and guiding, um, is, you know, my leadership and also the curriculum director in my County. They've just been really great at just allowing me to grow um, and learning from them. Um, in the area of business and coaching, I would have to say Nicole Turner. And it's interesting how our past cross, it was definitely on, um, Instagram. And so I was talking to my husband and I was like, I really want to just learn from her. And I really, <laughs> and it was so funny. It was like the next day she DMs me and I'm like, fangirling like I'm like oh my god like (laughs) and so and so I think I told her this story and I was like so excited to just learn from her she had been a coach for so long and I just wanted to learn from her and I was a brand new coach and I just um she's definitely been um my mentor for you know business and coaching um she's changed my mindset 
in just the business world and also in coaching. And so it's been really great. Um, and then my all around mentors like that, I just bombard with all of my extra stuff that yeah. no one hears. Right. Yeah. Um, but definitely my husband, my poor husband. Um, well, let's give him a know, shout out. Just, He's an educator. What he, he has a social media following, doesn't he? What, what is he on Instagram? He, He's um, at bearded.school.counselor. He's a school counselor. And he's also my counselor. His name is Michael Creekmore. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> he's definitely, you know, our hus- husbands of educators need a, like a gold medal because they hear what everyone else doesn't, right? And so um, he definitely has been my mentor. And, and sometimes I don't like to hear what he has to say. I mean, I'm just being real. Even though he's telling me the truth, I'm like, okay, I can't take that from you right now. But, you know, love him to death. And he's definitely one of my mentors, my mom, my sisters, just all of them that just hear the the other stuff, right? The stuff that they know me, they know Nita, they know, you know, who I am. They know that I'm type one Enneagram. Like, they know that I'm, like, scheduled. Like, <laughs> yep. so, they, so they check on me when things, like freaking corona virus happens because they're like i know your whole world is upside down and you're having a you're on the struggle bus you know (laughs) and so (laughs) and so those are my mentors i mean they really are and i couldn't narrow it down i can't narrow it down to just one you know it's just um a lot of different people have have helped me and a lot of different people have helped me grow and learn and i'm a forever learner i always want to um you know learn new things and try new things out and so yeah those are my mentors and I think the trend I'm noticing when I asked folks this question is that you don't need to have one person that can be everything to you. The person you go to for leadership advice, the person you go to personal advice, you can have the subset of people that you go to when you right. need their expertise in X, Y, Z. And so that kind of takes the pressure off finding this perfect person to admire exactly. and to connect with. And it could be family members. Like they know you better than anything and their perspective sometimes is really alleviating of the pressure you put on yourself because sometimes you think they don't get the whole educational world, but they do. They, mm-hmm. they see what you're facing mm-hmm. and they have a way to relate what they're going through to what you're facing. And, um, you know, so don't underestimate someone being a mentor to you just because they aren't an educator in the moment or have ever taught That's or right. whatever. They, they sometimes are the ones that I go to even more. Yeah, 110, 110%. Well, how are you yes. staying up to date on well, especially right now, you know, what's changing in education, but, um, are you a big Twitter chat person? Do you read a lot of books? Uh, how do you just make sure that you are up to date on the latest and greatest in education? Um, I do a, a lot of different things. So I attend PD myself. So like I was a part of the quarantine summit, um, that Nicole put on that we were both a part of, but I also was a learner in that summit. Right. So although I was a part of it, I also was a learner in that summit, which was awesome. Um, I look for it and I find it in podcasts like your podcast. I also listen to buzzing with Ms. B podcast, which is a coaching podcast. Um, love that one. And then I also just, I read a lot of articles. Like I read a ton of articles and I think because, um, and I read books too. I read articles cause they're right. They're usually dealing with what's right now. Yeah. Right. So, um, like I just read an article on the education week. And it was talking about instructional coaching during the coronavirus virus crisis, right? And it had just amazing just tips on just 
us just supporting teachers right now, us being a support and coaches being just there to support teachers, not just um, with instruction, but emotionally, right? And so um, that was a really good article. I read Diane Sweeney's blog. She, it comes to my, um, my email when she ever, she has a new blog post out and I read that, which is usually right, right then and right now. And then Jim Knight just had a Q and a session. Um, it was a follow up from the quarantine summit that we just did. Uh And so that was really good. He had some really good tips on his Facebook. Um, so you could go there and then, you know, I do read a lot of books. So, um, I read a lot of books to stay up on the current um, for coaching, but also for instruction, you know, because the instructional part of instructional coach. Right. So I, um, I definitely um, do that. So I have recently um, read Striving and Thriving. It's for reading strategies. And that's a really, really good book. Um, and then I love I fangirl off of um, Jennifer Staravalo, so I read a lot of her books. So when I read new content and I see things that my teachers can, you know, would love to know about, I know teachers don't have a lot of time to have that extra reading time. It's just hard. And I just remember being in the classroom. It's just hard. Yeah. Um, and so I do the reading for them. And I say, hey, these are some great things. Here are some great pages. And I do PD around that sometimes. You know what I mean? And they're like, yay. I was like, here's the book if you want it. And I try to pick books that aren't books that you have to read from page one to page 200. I try to pick books that you can go on page 55 and say, hey, this is a great activity. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah. So I do a, a lot of reading for different for different reasons, for personal reasons and also for instruction for um, the teachers that I serve. What I like about what you said is that you're a resource. You aren't saying, hey, I know it all. I'm going to teach you what to do. It's I'm going to go find some stuff for you. I'm going to give you a quick synopsis, and you're going to be able to implement it right away. And that definitely helps with the trust factor, with that Mm -hmm. feeling of approachability and comfortability. So I'm glad that you're saying you're not admitting, like, I know everything, but I'm willing to go find it out for you. Yeah, I I my first year, I let teachers know, look, I am a resource. If I don't know something, I will find it. Yeah. I will find it for you and we will work through this together. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's the relationship piece too. that. That is that foundation. Yeah. I wanted to Definitely. ask you, what are you working on right now? Um, I, I call it like a current project, but is there something you're doing for teachers or is it just trying to navigate this coronavirus and virtual teaching and leading? So it's that, but I also, before we left school, I usually do an annual book study. Um, And so uh, the first year I did the wild card. Last year we did um, Culturized by Jimmy Casa. And this year I let the teachers choose, right? So the the first two years I was like, ah, I think this is good because I just, just getting a pulse of where we were. Uh Um, Those were two great things. But this time I was like, okay, we can pick between these three books and so the teachers chose Go See the Principal by Jerry Brooks, which is a really great book. Um, people think it's just a funny book, but there's so many golden nuggets in there. So it's really, really good. I want to um, read it. So it's, oh, it's so good. So, and I um, I initially read it like a year ago um, on Audible. And so he does the reading of it. So it was really, it's really funny. Um, but he also kind of embeds some of his videos um, in there through like, you know, he just writes it out and um, has written out his videos and then you can go look at it online. So it's really, really cool. Um, but it actually was so great for right now. And I'm going to tell you why. So we never, we didn't know that, um, we were going to have a pandemic when we decided to do this book. Um, and 
right now is what I'm doing with the teachers is, you know, I create a workbook for them. And then I, I was praying so hard that the books would get here on time. And then I already had the workbooks already set for them that I passed it out the day that we were leaving. And so the great thing about it is that I've been doing, um, sending them the, like my live version of the, I guess live, but it's really a video uh-huh. from Loom. Um, and I send them a, a link and then they can respond on Loom to like the different chapters, um, you know, that I put on there and then I present to them and the videos that I upload. And so it's been a really good, from my feedback from it, it's been a really good just weight lifter because it's funny. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just, we just needed that right now. Yeah. I mean, who knew we would be in a pandemic right now, right. but they're just like, this is just a great read right now. It's light. It's just, it makes us think about our logistics of things, how we handle things at the school, but it's also funny. And so it was just ended up being just a perfect read for right now. And so that's the project I've been working on. I've had, um, I talked about it at the quarantine summit a little bit. And um, there's been a lot of feedback. Just when is your workbook going to be done so you can upload it? And I've been working so hard to get it done. So that's the project that I've been um, doing right now. Um, and it's been, it's been really good. It's been really, it's been really great. I think a virtual book study is awesome because I think one of the reasons teachers don't end up doing it in person is they can't get everyone's schedules to line up to physically meet together. So even if Mm -hmm. this weren't the situation, I think a virtual study where you can read at your own time and you can come and discuss and whether you have a discussion board or like you said, a Loom video to watch um, is a great way to ease teachers into discussing education, you know, after hours to get some learning in. And right now they have more than enough time to to read and yeah. pour into themselves so i'm so glad you did yeah this. And your session at the summit was so great we'll link to that in the show notes too so um i'm so glad you were Thanks. able to you know share your expertise on getting that going yeah it was it's it's been really good it's been interesting because usually i do it um we do it face to face you know after school and um you know right after school for about 45 minutes we usually do it and it's been a it's been a, a change for me because I'm like okay we're gonna do it virtually I'm gonna learn some, a platform and we're gonna just go with it you know um, and so it's been it's been really really good and one thing that I will say about professional learning right now in the midst of um, the pandemic is I've been really trying to just gauge and kind of see where my teachers are you know mm-hmm. I don't want to overload them with professional development I kind of like hey here's this article read if you want to here's this article read if you want to no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. Yeah. Right. Um, and then with the go see the principal, although I have a workbook, they don't have to like, I told them like the first um, time, like everyone responded to every question. And I said, you don't have to do that. You know, I just want you to just get out the golden nuggets that pertain to you, like how you, you know, want to respond so that you don't feel the pressure of having to answer all the questions. The questions are just to spark just some reflection, um, you know, in you and then just you know, you can respond however you want to. So I think that just the key here is during this time is is no pressure and just trying to get, you know, some reflection um, for professional learning. But at the same time, it has to be um, just relatable for right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, so good. One thing I like to ask all my guests is to kind of put themselves on a spotlight. And I know that seems a little strange, but the reason I do it is I want folks to be able to beg, borrow, and steal all the great ideas. So if you were to share with us what your best all-star teacher moment was, take us back to that time, tell us what it was like, and why you think that that's the one that stands out to you the most. 
So I'll just go back to my first grade classroom because that's what I left before I came into coaching. Okay. Um, we were doing a unit. We were talking about plants. And strategically, we placed it around Earth Day. Um, I don't know if that was like something we planned. I don't remember if that's something we just planned or just how it fell. But we were talking about plants and so about the plant life cycle. Um, and I think this is the rock star moment is because thematic teaching somehow has gone away. I don't know. I think it's coming back. You know what I mean? When you're talking about setting the stage to engage yeah. and engagement. Um, but it was a thematic unit, although we nece didn't necessarily plan it that way. And so what happened was we were learning about plants. Um, it was centered around Earth Day. We were learning about the plant life cycle and science. And then that carried over to um, living life as a plant with writing, right? And then we planted our own plants. So I brought in seeds and soil and we got dirty and we were hands-on learning about plants. Um, we had a botanist come in and, you know, talk about plants. And they did their own little, um, I don't remember what it was, like a creative I don't know. It's like in this like casing and it's plastic and they put plants in there and holes and it grows. It's kind of like their own little greenhouse. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's a name for it, but I can't think of it right now. And so it was just everything was centered around that. And the kids were like excited and ready to come in. And I think it was because it was so engaging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everything, you know, it wasn't just, and eh, we're learning about the plant life cycle, but we, we showed them through hands-on. Here's the soil. Here's this. So when we had to take any assessment, they knew it right off of their, their heads because they, they lived it, yeah. you know? And so I think um, we think in our minds that, that we don't have enough time. Um, and I think we think in our minds that even for upper grade three, four, five, that we, we have to get this done and this done and this done. But the integration is key. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that integration and thematic units and studies are key. Um, and, you know, I remember learning about that. And inquiry was a big word when I was in school. Um, inquiry, inquiry, inquiry. And that is still the engaging piece, right? Um, that is still answering the kids' questions that they have about how to plant grow and what do they need and and I just think that engagement piece of that hands-on learning and and that inquiry-based learning is just key and that was the rock star teaching moment and that's something that I will take on and on and on and on throughout because I think that that's when I go into classrooms and I see things like that I'm like oh my god it's rock star because the kids are just these are things that the kids are going to remember for years 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 on end I remember that time when right and so if we can create that for kids to me that's that's a teacher rock star yeah and I think right now is what a lot of administrators are saying to parents who are trying to do this homeschooling thing it's like yeah get your kids outside like teach them how to bake teach them how to plant plants like the the hands-on aspect this is the perfect time to go yes. back to the basics and allow them to see what it is really like to learn things themselves experiment exactly like what you're saying really get involved and invested in learning yeah. something because we have the time and yeah. we can't go or do anything else else and we might have um 
to share a computer amongst the family. So, you know, we can't do a, a virtual lesson. We, we have to just go out and, you know, yeah. pretend we're, we're back on the prairie, right? And That's like right. break it down to the basics. So I think even what you're saying is, is applicable right now in this moment of just embracing what real learning looks like. Amen. Yes. 110%. I agree. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. So before I let you go, I want to ask you just one more question. And that is, how do you reignite both your passion and your potential as an educator? I try to remember why I got into this. Um, Sometimes we have the day-to-day and our checklists and our, you know, as a teacher, I remember just grading and checklists and Mm -hmm. getting folders together and doing, you know, all the things. But you have to just remember why you got into this. And it really, for me, initially, you know, it's it's always about the kids. Even though I work with teachers, I'm working with teachers to to get to the kids, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so the greatest thing for me to reignite my passion is why I got into this. Why did I get into teaching in the first place? Why did I choose teaching as a career, right? Um, and I always go back to this conversation that I had with my father, God bless his soul, um, that it was like a, an argument, like a, he wanted me to go into, um, computers, oh, really? right? Yeah. He wanted me to go into computers. He was like, you're going to work 110 harder in education. <laughs> he was just like, you're going to be, you know, so stressed out and you're going to make little pay. And you're, I mean, he really, he was, cause he was worried about my financial, like my, you know, my finances, yeah. my, me just being, you know, stable and having a, a good income. And I was like, dad, I just, and I remember this like it was yesterday. I would, wa- I want to do what I love every day, every single day. And I know I can make the finances work, but if I could just do what I love every day, I would love, I, I love kids. I love education. And I just told him I'd rather do that than to go into office every day dreading what I do. Yeah. And that is my why. That is my why. Every single day. That, and I believe that every single day. And I was 18 years old then. Oh, my gosh. Yep. I'm yep, glad that, that you followed your dream because look at what yeah. you've been able to do to give back. And that outweighs anything else. And you found yourself Amen. a wonderful husband and you have this beautiful family. And it all worked out exactly how it was supposed to. Exactly. It did. Yes. Well, on behalf of Elite Educators Everywhere, thank you for your time. Can you tell us where to connect with you so we can follow your journey? I know you're really active on Instagram, but give us all the handles of how we can find you. Um, yep, at Love, at Love Teach Bless, and it's no spaces. It's all together. At Love Teach Bless for Instagram. I'm also Love Teach Bless on Twitter. On Facebook, same thing. Um, if you want to email me, you can email me at um, loveteachbless at gmail.com. So, um, yeah, and I also have a blog that I've been trying to pump up. I do, I'm trying to do better at it. Um, a blog and that's love teach bless, um, at wordpress.com. So yeah, just if you Google love teach bless, hopefully I'll come up. Yeah, I think you would because you're pretty consistent there. I like that. Well, excellent elite educators. You heard it. You need to start connecting with Nita today and thank you again for coming on. I know it's a Saturday morning. We both got families, but you're willing to pour into my audience. So I'm so thankful for you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me, Gretchen. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, y'all. I will tell you, this interview did not disappoint. Nita brought the fire. She brought the flame. She was ready to show up and give her best. And you can tell she's just so authentic. Like, 
a girlfriend you're just chatting with at the coffee shop and she's willing to show you everything she knows to help you become your best, totally approach, approachable and personable. So I really want you to take advantage of reaching out to her. She wants to help and she wants to build a relationship with you. So, you know, don't be shy. Uh, find her on your favorite social media platform of choice. But I really loved our conversation talking about all the inequities with the COVID virus and being a lifelong learner and relationships before tactics. That was huge. Um, And I loved her point about how teaching multiple grade levels really empowers you to better serve a variety of teachers. Even if you don't want to lead teachers, I think it's important that you teach multiple grades at multiple schools so you understand how the different schools operate, how different leadership works, where you shine, where you struggle. It offers you the best life experience ever. So this is your reminder. This is your tiny push to get out of your comfort zone of your favorite grade level. Doesn't mean you can't go back there and live the rest of your days happy there, but take the opportunity to try and teach a different grade, a different subject area, get into a different school with a different population, learn from a variety of leaders. That will set you up for success, especially if you want to be a teacher leader. So I think that is one of the things that really stands out about Nita is her diverse experience and is why she's an amazing teacher leader. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Nita Creekmore. Nita, thank you so much for coming onto the show, sharing your expertise. I so appreciate your friendship and counting you as a colleague, especially working through the summit and just chatting all things through Voxer and on social media. I just adore you. Thank you so much. Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Nita Creekmore. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.